0: Is a just a, a leaping point for us. I'll let you know that in uh, about ten fifteen or eleven fifteen, we're going to have some young people that's going to be joining us. And so, parents who have young people that are over in the uh, uh, the kids central area, over in the life center, if you could just kind of keep a watch for them, because the uh, the leaders there are going to be coming to try to place them with you okay so make a spot kind of be watching for that i'll i'll draw attention to it when i see them there in the back we'll try not to have it to be a disruption but towards the end of the service we would love to for them to be able to be here with us and so that's what's going to be taking place and and we wanted you to know that amen amen love our kids so we're in this series it's called exponential growth and we are believing that the Lord has a desire for us to be multiplied, ever-increasing, over and over again. Multiplied in our spiritual well-being, multiplied in our, uh, in, in our effectiveness as a church, multiplied in our efforts and missions, that there will be exponential, ever-increasing growth. The graphs there up on the, on the, uh, the, the wall uh, they stand for something that uh, I ask for some of you to start to be pondering and thinking about, you know, what that talks about. You can obviously see uh, that it, it stands for some type of exponential growth, but, but what is it? What does it apply to? Well, it's a, it's a realistic, it's a, it's a tracking of a pattern of something that's been happening from a very beginning point until a time that we're going to show you, all right? So I want you to know that there's power in the church. That there's power in the church. There's politics because the Holy Spirit is here, amen, and and, uh, He desires to work. So the church is wired for growth. When God puts you together, He says He knits you together in your mother's womb. And, and He had a plan that, that you would be able to grow, that you wouldn't just remain the same, but, but there would be this growing process that would happen to you. And, and it's a true testimony to us uh, receiving the Holy Spirit when He continues to grow us up into what He wants us to be. He says in another place that He wants us to get to that full measure, all right? So I want you to see here what took place there in Acts chapter 2. We're going to pick it up with verse number 41, all right? And we're just going to begin reading here. We're going to bounce around a little bit in this passage because we're just using this as a leap board into where I believe the Lord would have us to concentrate or zero in on today. So let's, let's, before we do that, let's have a word of prayer. Father, what a joy it is that we have the opportunity to take the bread of life to be able to uh, process it and be able to, 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 to devour it, to meditate on it, to be able to, to make a difference in our life. Lord, it's, it's more than black ink on white pages. The Word is Your Son, who's made manifest and operating through us. And so, even as a woman of the well didn't realize the, the source of, of, of strength and sustenance that Jesus could bring, let us realize it today as we partake of Him through this word. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Verse number 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. It's more than a number. Say it's more than a number. (laughs) All right. But a number will give us evidence and testimony that we're reaching out and touching people. Amen. We're not trying to get transfer growth. We're trying to get the people who are lost. We're not trying to go and get people from other places. I mean, God will bring us people who will help us to get to the next level, all right? People who will link up, line up with the vision that the Lord's given to us to make an impact, all right? That's going to happen. But He's also going to give us new blood. (laughs) Amen, New bodies. He's going to give us individuals who are totally lost. They're in a place of, of total uh, uh, dysfunction and chaos, and they're just thinking, "What in the world is going on with my life?" And we're going to be able to come to them and say, "You know what? I want to tell you something. Jesus has come to take away your sins. He has come to bring restoration to your life. And, and that's what we're trying to do. And when that happens, there are going to be people who are going to be added to our number daily. <laughs> Look at your name and say, "That's what I want. <laughs> I want people to be added to us. I want people to be alongside with me, all right? And so we find here in Acts, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayer. Um, verse 46, we're skipping right down to, every day they continued to meet together in the temple court. That's one of our our theme for this year, that we continue to gather together, amen? Say, Gather. Yeah. you say, Pastor, why are you having us repeat it? Because you know what? You don't always just learn by listening, amen? You learn through the sight. You learn through the auditory. You repeat it. You kind of get it down. And that's why I have you do that, all right? I'm not trying to stir you up because I need the encouragement, all right? We all need the encouragement, amen? So when we gather together, they continue to meet together uh, in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number. they grew. Gather, grow, and go so that we can reach all generations. That's what we're talking about here. And they added to their number daily those who were being saved. I'll tell you what, I want to be part of a church that's interested in seeing people come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It ought to be something that you're thinking about on a regular basis. Now there's lots of things that consume our thoughts, are there not? There's lots of things that we worry about. There's lots of things that we contemplate. We spend a lot of time thinking about a lot of things. I wonder if you put them and you started to add up the compartments that are in your mind, the thoughts that you have, the thoughts that are thought about the things of this world and the things that are eternal. What would it look like? How much in your file box, how much in your file drawer would be given towards the assignment of thinking about the eternal welfare of the people whom Jesus Christ come and gave his life for? What would it be like? I believe that he has given us a commission. And the results of this, the, the passage that we are talking about in Acts chapter 2, verse 42 and following, it, it, it is a result of the instructions that took place in Matthew chapter 28. It's a it's a common thing. And before we get there, I want to point out this week's or, uh, devotional, all right? You can go ahead and take a look at that. You can look that up on your phones, your smartphones. Go to version, and, and Pastor Raymond's already giving you instructions about that. It's on your notes this week, all right? Uh, a, a picture of that particular devotion, and you can go along with it. Uh, you will really be blessed matthew chapter 28 verse 16 says this then the eleven disciples went to galilee to the mountain where jesus had told them to go and when they saw him they worshiped him but look at this some doubted (laughs) amongst the worshipers were doubters can you imagine that oh i gotta say that again (laughs) with the worshipers came doubters I might suggest to you today that there might be some people who are struggling a little bit today. And you know what? It's okay. You say, it's okay, Pastor? It's okay because we're not going to leave them there. Jesus isn't going to leave them there, amen? But Jesus isn't, re- he's, not, he's not pushing any doubters away. They can still come, alright? Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority and in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go. Say go. go. And make. Say Make. <laughs> These two important words. We're going to see that in a moment, right? Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them, that was supposed to be highlighted there, say teaching, them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age, even as the Holy Spirit has reminded us of that this morning. Amen? He's with us. You might say, Pastor, we've heard this passage and, and spoke on it a number of times. Isn't this a missions passage? Yes, exactly. It's the great commissions package, amen, message, message. It is something that we need to constantly have renewed within us and realizing on a regular basis. Listen, we're on mission here. You're living in, 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 in an area, all right, that's just borrowed area, okay? This is not your home, Right? Our home is in a place that He is preparing for us, a place where we're going to go and spend thousands upon thousands of years. But I have a message for you from these particular passages here that I want to just point out to you. And the very first thing is this. Disciple makers help others work through doubt. Now listen, I believe exponential growth can happen, but if we remove remove a few of the dominoes in certain places, we will stop the chain effect from happening. The power. Remember that 13 last week we, we showed you that video and, and he started with a 5 millimeter tall little domino and by the time it had increased itself by 50% each time it had raised in its potential energy or its energy output to the degree of 2 billion. 2 billion times more power and energy was being exerted. But guess what? If you remove just one of these dominoes You just take away one, it doesn't matter which one, and it no longer the smaller one can reach the other one, or it's not enough momentum there, then guess what? The momentum stops, the change stops, the the, the things start to break down, and, and that's not what God wants. But listen, we have to understand there's a breakdown in the church today. Around the world, there's a breakdown, there's a disconnect. And there's some things that we've got to identify and figure out what it is so we can keep that chain reaction, we can keep that, that exponential growth happening on a regular basis. And here's what I think. I think, I think we need to understand disciple-makers help others work through their doubt. You know, when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And, you know, no one likes doubt. I mean, you can't be a person that's full of faith and full of doubt. How many of you know what I'm saying? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We've got to put away doubt. But we've got to deal with doubt. We've got to be patient with people who are dealing with doubt. Even when they were coming to the worship service, they were doubting at that particular point in time. Really? Yeah. The faith of those that are sincere may at different times be weak and be wavering. How many of you can raise your hand and say, That's been me before. You've been sincere, but guess what? You've wavered. You've doubted. You've had those moments in time. And you know what? You didn't need any heads shaking at you at that point in time. You didn't need any wagging fingers you know, going to you like this. You didn't need anybody telling you, you know better, Amen. What you need instead is someone coming alongside of you and saying, so tell me where it is that you're struggling. Tell me what it is that you have a question about. And guess what? Let's come and worship the Lord. Let's come and experience His presence. Let's come on in and be able to build each other up with the Word of God and see what will happen because I believe the Word. Amen? This Word will bring faith into your life. Really, people, some people are just hanging in the balance. They're suspended in time. They want to choose to live for God, but they have a hard time doing it. Because in their mind, they're hearing these things over and over again. That's why the Word of God tells us to take captive the thoughts that try to exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. You've got to take captive those things, and you've got to cast them down. Amen? Well, you've got to know the Word in order to be able to do that. You've got to read the Word in order to do that. How about a devotion on a regular basis? Amen? Wouldn't that be good stuff? Amen. Just the simple things, the regular things. I love it when doubts get removed, and I love it when faith begins to grow, and there comes a full assurance of faith, where people are able to just be raised up in the midst of their circumstance, and everybody else is looking around them and saying, how come you got so much joy? How come you got so much hope? Because guess what? I've been feeding on the Word of God. I've been hanging around a people of God who believe that God's got something greater for us. My current circumstances situation may not be looking like I've got God on my side, but I'm telling you, He said, greater is He that's within me than he that's in the Word. amen he has given me a hope he's given me a hop in my step and guess what i refuse to get to the place to where i'm going to be a person who's going to just be overcome when i have a season or a time or an hour of doubt the sad part about it is that sometimes we don't think in the church that we can be truthful with one another it's even sadder when we think we can try to lie to god Listen, if you can learn anything from David, you understood he was a truth teller when it comes to telling God what he felt. And God still loved him. He was still a man after God's own heart. So don't you think you need to face up to God and you've got to put something on when it isn't there, amen? You begin to take captive those thoughts, but you begin to allow for a spirit to work in you. I want to tell every doubter that's in this place today, if you've ever been doubted, a doubter, you're in a season of doubt right now, you are not rejected, You are not rejected. But here's what He tells you. Draw near to Him and He will draw near to you. He will not break down the bruised reed. He will not stand at a distance. He will come near to you. He will give you some convincing proofs of His resurrection. He will give you some convincing proofs of His love that will be celebrated through other people in your life. And you'll wonder, where, or where, God, are you? And He says, I'm right here. I'm ready to do and work in your life. Amen? I love it when you can be a bringer of good news. That's one of the things that he told us to do, amen? He said, go and bring the good news. Go share it with people. God will speak through you. God will give you words when you didn't know that you had the words. Listen, the best disciple-making disciples have worked through their doubts and they help others work through their doubts, amen? We can't just expect for the church to grow because we want it to grow. We've got to become disciple-makers, church. We've got to become multipliers, and we've got to realize what God has given to us in resources of people around us. I want you to watch this video with me, if you would. It's a, a little bit more lengthy of a video, but I want you to listen to this, this young man as he speaks about the effects that other people have had on his life.
1: Dan, Carol, Terry, and Jerry. They were some of the most influential mentors in my life growing up. I wanted to be just like them. I remember Dan from elementary school. He was the most encouraging person I had ever met. He knew everybody and loved everybody, was optimistic about everything. When I was a kid, I wanted to be just like him. And how could I forget Carol? She was the most gracious and understanding teacher. She was so patient and kind with me. I learned a lot from her. One of the things I had to learn was algebra, which I'm still not sure I totally get, but I really, really tried. I pestered her with questions all of the time about God and the Trinity, and I'm sure I drove her crazy. But I wanted to be just like her. And then there was Terry. He was my football coach. Man, he was a great man, kind of a big bear, but also a gentle giant. What I loved about him is that it was obvious that he loved Jesus, that he spent time in God's Word. He didn't let his players get away with anything. The only thing he loved more than football was us. I wanted to be just like him. And Jerry. He was an incredible role model and mentor to me in college. He was infectious, he loved people, we had the most amazing conversations. In fact, some of the words that he said to me were words that would shape the trajectory of my life. I wanted to be just like him. So all of that makes me think of a pretty important question. Who are you following? Now, I don't mean like Twitter followers or following somebody on Instagram. I mean, who do you want to be just like? That's why I'm so thankful for the men and women who helped shape me in practically every way. They shaped my faith, my values, my beliefs, my sense of humor, eventually my parenting skills, my personality, my career, really all of me. So what does this mean when it comes to following Jesus? Well, in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus is actually sending out his disciples to the world. He's kind of commissioning them and sending them out to do ministry. Really he's sending them out to be just like him. So he was giving some preparation that they should think about as they went. He told them how to act and where to go and even warned them that persecution was going to be part of their future, but to have no fear. He says a couple of really powerful statements. He says, whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he continues and says, if you wanna find your life, you have to lose it for my sake. Take up your cross and follow me? That sounds really inviting. No, this is actually pretty intense. Like Dan or Carol, Jerry, Terry, they never asked me to do anything like that. And here's why. It's a different type of following. The cost of following Jesus, it costs you everything. This is difficult. In fact, a lot of people think that following Jesus, it's really no big deal, but that couldn't be further from the truth let me let you in on a little secret the whole reason we put this bible study together the whole reason we do videos like this is to encourage you to live the radical life of a disciple some people only think that this is about good behavior or being a moral person and those are important but the most important thing is to fall in love with jesus and be his disciple it's going to be difficult You might want to quit sometimes, but I promise you it's worth it. See, here's the challenge of being a radical disciple for Jesus. It's giving your will over to his will. What that means is wherever he leads, you go. Friends, it's a big challenge. And all of that is why you're going to need the Dans, Carols, Terrys, and Jerrys in your life. That's why I'm so grateful for the impact they've made on me. But you have to remember the one who we truly follow, his name is Jesus. So blessings as you take up your cross and follow him. Amen.
0: It's not going to be easy. And what God needs right now and why he's placed us here on this earth is due to do this next point. If you're going to become a disciple maker, you need to understand the power of stirring. Now we find in this particular passage, therefore go and make disciples. Like make? Can I really impress it upon them? Can I make them do something they don't want to do? No, like you make some cakes. Amen? Like you put together some baking ingredients. You put all the right ingredients together. You're following a recipe. It's found in the Word of God. And you're expecting when you, when you are tender with those things, you use the right temperature, you use the re- right resources and things like that, the right ingredients that, guess what? Out of it will come something delightful. Amen? Uh, go. But you've got to go. you got to go and make. We've got to be people who are willing to stir up other individuals. Listen, he says, don't you think that a disciple... Of Christ ought to be someone who follows and does what Christ did. This is exactly what he did. Where he went, he went and made impressions and impact on people. This is more than than, than just uh, uh, something that's light duty. This is something that's hard. It's something that even different people will say to you, "I don't want any of that." But he says, "Go make, go stir." Go stir in the same way, uh, according to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11. Like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them on its pinions. Makes it uncomfortable for them to stay there, gets them out of the nest. Listen, that's what we got to do with some people, amen? Go and make disciples. And, and guess what? I'm in the disciple-making process right now because God's called me as your pastor to equip you with works of service so you'll be motivated to go out, so you'll be reminded about it. Listen, I want to bring encouragement to you, just as those other people that he spoke of brought encouragement and says, you can do this. You're not alone. Church, we're not alone. Actually we accomplish so much less when we try to do it alone, but when we do it together and we stir up individuals, when we disperse ourselves throughout the whole world, when we go to our Jerusalem, our Judea and Samaria and to the othermost parts of the earth, then God's going to allow for us to have an impact. Then it could be said of us, as is said in fifty nine twenty one, as for me, this is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit. Say my spirit, my spirit. who is on you. Look at your neighbor and say he's on you. <laughs> I hope He's on you. Amen. I hope that He's on you. And, and my words that I have put in your mouth will not depart from your mouth or from the mouths of your children or from the mouths of their descendants from this time on forever, says the Lord. So lift your hand in the air and say amen. 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 That's what I want. I want to be that way. This commission is extended to all nations. It's something for us to do, but we've got to stir it up. Come on, just go ahead and go like that with me if you would. All right, Come on. It's not, it's not this. Yeah yeah, 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 that's not the kind of stirring that we need in the world today, all right? Just a kind of, this, this, we got to get everything into it, all right? got to get a little stirring action that's happening, amen? Some of you know about that hard work. You've been on a farm, or you, 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 you've been in a factory. My son says, I know hard work now, Dad, amen? I know what it's like working in that factory. Listen, he tells us to go to all the nations. In this particular time, though God is going to come and He's going to judge the earth, He says, go make disciples. He doesn't say you have to go and, and, and declare judgment. He's going to take care of that. I mean, you can let people know, you should let people know about what happens when they continue to travel down a path, a broad road, how it will lead to sin, it's going to lead to destruction. But guess what? You don't have to judge them in that moment. You say, listen, you, God's got a plan for your life. And as long as you continue to do things your own way, you're going to have limited goodness that's being displayed in your life. Once you start to do things God's way, once you get rid of sin, once you deal with those things, you understand that Christ is a mediator. He is setting up a kingdom in this world that you get to be part of. You get to blow the trumpet, amen. You get to be able to say, listen, God is on your side. He's doing things for your good. Whether you can see it or not, the Word of God is true. He works all things together for my good. The third thing is this. Disciple makers understand the power of teaching. Here, at this church, we need to understand the importance of us teaching one another. And teaching is more than in a class. Teaching happens in all different types of avenues. Teaching happens when you see someone who is struggling. Some of you have raised your kids already and you see a child that is out of control and a parent's about to lose it. And, you're, and you are aching within your heart for them because you can remember when you was there and how embarrassing it was for you when that two or three year old was acting out that way. And the mistake that some people have made, of course none of us in here said said, get a hold of your child. And they're thinking, man, if I knew there was a better way to do this, I I sure would be doing it because this is a little embarrassing on me right now. You come along on them and you put your hand on their shoulder and you say, you know what, it's going to be all right. You get down on that, the, the, the level of that little child, and you begin to speak to them and talk to them, and you try to diffuse that moment, all right? You're not any better than that parent in that moment. You're just given a little distraction. You're given a little diversification, all right, of some things. And now all of a sudden, that, that, that you, can just, you can be a blessing to somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's a simple thing. You say, that's not a spiritual moment, Pastor. Oh, yes, it is. When you come there and you help somebody out in a practical moment, when you're there and teach them how to just dial it back and how to be able to, you know what, you don't have to get worked up in this moment. When, when we greet one another and, and we're here in, 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 in our public form of worship, in our corporate worship, and, and, and we're worshiping, and somebody says, Well, I, I don't even know how to worship. I'm not really quite sure why they raise their hands. I'm not quite sure why they clap. I'm not sure. Well, guess what? You see someone a little hesitant towards some things. You make a point to go ahead and take them out to eat. You make a point to say, talk to them about the benefits of of your worship style and how you're going after the Lord and what it means to you and what a difference it's been for you. You know what? You may not know what it's like to wait in the presence of the Lord for a half hour. But well, let me share with you the good things that can happen. You're wondering about the benefit of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, amen? Some of our kids are coming in, by the way. So if you just got kids, go ahead and turn around and see them as they're coming in. Thank you for that, kids. But, you know, it's important for you to realize. For you to realize that, listen, some people can't get excited about what they don't see being ex- other people excited about. You say, Pastor, are you putting that on us? I sure am. I sure am. I'll tell you why. Because why would somebody, why would you ever be effective in sharing with somebody something they ought to have if you're not excited about it? Why is it, amen, that we would find ourselves beating our heads up against the wall and trying to tell other people that you ought to come to know Jesus, but we don't look like we're having any fun doing it. We don't have any joy doing it. Instead, we're just dragging ourselves through the mire of the clay. (laughs) We're, we're just pulling. We're trying to get unstuck. Listen, the Word of God says that you have been pulled out of the miry clay. Your feet have been put upon a firm foundation. You're not built upon the sand, hopefully, anymore, but you've been built upon the rock of Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what, teaching is really important. Teaching happens in our classes. It should be happening. It should be happening in, in all different types of places, but it needs to happen in the practical areas of life. I love this and teaching them to obey everything i have commanded you <laughs> what does everything mean to you <laughs> it means everything you think that jesus taught them how to respond to people who were falsely accusing them being persecutors towards them you think that jesus taught taught them how to get rid of forgi- uh, unforgiveness get rid of anger and wrath i mean you had to you know tell peter peter step back dude it's going to be okay teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. I want to tell you something. I believe we have some disciple makers among us today. We have somebody some bodies in this room have invested their lives. We could we could identify a number of different people and point them out to you about the difference that they have made in each other's lives. Raise your hand if you can clearly think and remember somebody who entered into the disciple-making process with you and you are stronger as a result of that today. Would you raise your hand if you've been affected by somebody else? Look at that. Now here, here here's the thing. A lot of us will say on a regular basis, and it's absolutely essential, we had to have that encounter with God at an altar experience, whether it be in a church or in your bed or alongside in a chair or on the road, wherever it is. Okay, you have, but you know what? Jesus knew that His Spirit was going to be shown and made manifest through the people of God. And He sent us here to become disciple-makers ourselves. Pastor Doug and Terry, you have been here with this church for 19 years. And we esteem you as disciple makers of this body. We esteem you. love you. We want to tell you something. You've been part of this body for the last 19 years, faithfully teaching, ministering in worship, sharing in the word and making disciples of this of the kingdom of God. And because of that, the kingdom of God God has been enlarged. Because of the two of you, you have helped people to move through their times of doubts. You have helped people to be able to understand the importance of teaching others. You have helped individuals to be able to get to that place where they were able to be stirred up within their innermost being. You've not just done that because you came here as a worship leader, Pastor Doug, or Terry as his wife, but you have found yourself entrenched and ingrained within the workings of this body. And these people here show their appreciation and thank you for that. I thank you for that as far as a friend and and someone in doing in joint ministry with for the last number of years. It's so important for you to realize that you've impressed upon us the importance of what a committed life to Christ is and how to stand, stand, do the best that you can do, and stand. Amen? That's what he's taught us to do. I want to get ready with that next uh, slide uh, presentation, if you would, here. Just have a few pictures of Doug and Terry involved. Pastor Doug and Terry, if you could come on up here, please. I'd ask the staff if you would come up here also at this time. Judy, if you're here, make sure you come on. We so appreciate this couple. And we wanted to make sure that uh, we show that to you and all. and Because they've been a great for us. Amen? They've been a great asset to our team. And uh, we're going to do things a couple couple different ways here. And we've got a couple people that's going to speak to them in a moment as far as what they meant to them. But I just want to take care of the staff part first, all right? And so then we're going to uh, dismiss them. So, Pastor Doug and Terry, we love you. And I realize the, the ache that's in your heart <laughs> because you're changing and transitioning in life as far as what these people have meant to you. And... Um, We cannot, by gifts or words, tell you how much that you mean to us, but we're going to do our best to love on you and to continue to have contact with you and continue to pray for you and believe for God's best, you know, for your life. And and this staff uh, loves you, and and, uh, we have a little gift here for you. We want you to just go ahead and open that up, if you would, even. All right? there we go. Give him something here that he can be practical and use and serve as a reminder to his, his passion for loyalty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all right, all right. There we go. Ah, so he, he's got one of his Spartan there tumblers. Uh, that's, a, that's a hearty one there for a hearty guy. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Terry, this is for you. If you wouldn't mind uh, also opening that up, just a little something there that we feel in our hearts uh, towards you, just right there in the middle. Made it easier for her. Uh, Well, yeah. (laughs) She might need two hands with that. There we go. Oh, yep, that's... I wondered if that was going to happen. I'm sorry about that. Let me help. I'm going to have to push that to the bottom. Here we go. This is one of those willow tree um, figurines, and it's the little star, and this one stands for the the light shines bright, I believe. It says, a bright star reflecting a light from within, and I believe that that clearly articulates you. We love you. Thank you. And I'm just going to go ahead and uh, let you put that back together and let the staff give you a a hug. There you go. Real quick, and then we're going to... Ask you to stay right up here on the front seat if you would, please. So give them a hug if you would, please <laughs> We'll pray for them all together in the in the close, but we're a team and uh, we really appreciate the input that we have had with each other we realize that we don't do anything alone hmm. Dwayne why don't you go ahead and Randy if you come is you coming with him no okay all right all right. I'll let you ready yourself here in a minute. I'm gonna let them be seated. Okay, give you have your paper and no? all.
2: Let's hear it for Pastor Doug. Yeah. You can do better than that. Come on, everybody. I can tell you a whole lot about this man, but oh my God, like, he says three minutes, so I guess that means 25. No, I better not, because they won't give me the mic again. You know, every so often, uh, God sends somebody into your life that uh, makes sure that you're okay and guarantees you um, that your walk will, will commence into the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people and a lot of things that happen along the way. And i got to tell you, I've known this man. I came into this church, didn't know anybody. Um, he pretty much raised me up. I was a, an infant Christian and didn't know anything. As I got deeper into things, a lot of times when you talk to people about God, they look at you and think you're weird or this or that. He knew it was the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of new people in this church. I'd like to welcome you. A lot of you don't know him as well as we do, so I will uh, give you a couple of brief stories on what a wonderful man this is. And he always listens to the Holy Spirit and what God tells him to do, Um, even if that means sacrificing his time, his being, money, vehicles, all that sort of thing. Um, there was a time that I was beginning to start my own little ministry, and I took all my funds, dumped all my money into it, vehicles broke down. The man shows up the next day. but well, not just the man, Terry as well, shows up at our, at our home and drops a vehicle off and says, use my van as long as you need to. And, you know, that's planting seeds into another ministry. And it was not only once, but twice. And some other wonderful things that are spirit-led, this man has been so many great answers and knowing when I have questions. I'm sitting on my bed one day saying, you know, God, we need funds. We need this, we need that. Do you want this ministry to continue? And I'm actually upset and crying because funds were at zero. This man' phone rings and I see that it's him. And we had no vehicle again. Again, it's a vehicle. Um, And someone had donated a vehicle to the church, and he instantly calls me and gives us the vehicle. Now, the crazy thing about that is, not necessarily crazy, but spirit-led, that I was sitting there praying and literally was, do you want me to do this? And the man listens to what God says. He will give an answer through the spirit and definitely has created a lot of disciples and i am very very grateful to you and i know i wouldn't be aware i am today if it wasn't for you and of course terry what i can say about you terry is sorry for some of the late nights that uh he had to talk to me and uh guided me on my way mm-hmm. um he saw me through uh and you as well you guys saw me through a very rough time in my life and you've gotten me through that and a A good pastor and a good man is only as good as his wife will allow him to be and push him to be. And we love you very, very much. And this definitely isn't goodbye, because I I don't think I could be out of your life. It would drive me crazy. So make sure you get a hold of me, bro. I love you.
0: God bless you. Amen. Now, there's no way that we could have everybody who wanted to say something and speak here, so we just picked a couple. And so thank you, Dwayne, for articulating that particular part of his uh, Im- impact in your lives. So I'm going to ask for Shannon and Lisa Enders to come. And, um
1: oh, he's over there. Okay.